We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the uncontested postgame podcast. Thunder beat the Cavaliers 183. Justin here. Thanks for following along with me on our Twitter handle tonight. Here to break down the game. Let's dive right in, shall we? So this game was weird. Uh, started really slow. The Thunder couldn't get a basket to go in on one end of the floor. And on the other end, they did that kind of famous Thunder thing where they make somebody who's not very good all of a sudden look like an NBA all-star. We've seen him do it with Iman Shumpert this year. Uh, tonight, the beneficiary was Jordan Nectat Clarkson. I don't know if his uh, new Nectats gave him magic powers or what, but he came out and just torched the Thunder uh, early on. He had four threes in the first half, was really getting anything he wanted. And I thought to myself, okay, here we go. This is one of those stupid games that the Thunder shouldn't lose to a terrible Cavs team, and they're going to come out and lay an egg. We've seen it over the years. We saw it numerous times last year. But the good news is the Thunder responded, and that did not happen tonight as the Thunder were able to get a win in a game that they should win, albeit with a slow start. Really, the only Thunder player who did anything noteworthy at the beginning of the game was Jeremy Grant. He had a couple of really big blocks, a nice alley-oop slam. He came out with energy and seemed to be the only Thunder player that did so tonight. Uh, Jeremy ended the game tonight with 21 points, five rebounds, and four blocks. And honestly, if I look at a box score where Jeremy Grant has 21 points, which he's been doing a lot lately, I just, it's so beneficial for this team. I just can't believe the evolution that he's taken in his game. He's come such a long way from when he used to honestly look like a stumbling baby deer every time he came down the floor to now he's got so much more body control. His offensive game has improved so much. He's playing uh, smart on the offensive and defensive end of the floor. He's making good cuts. He's making good passes. He's playing strong defense. Jeremy has transformed this Thunder team 
ever since he took Patrick Patterson's spot in the starting lineup. Besides Jeremy, you know, really, for as boring as this first quarter was, uh, it actually ended up being a really fun game. When you, when you look down the box score, Paul George somehow got 18 points, 4 assists, and 4 rebounds. A decent game, but he really spent the entire night in foul trouble. Uh, he got his fourth foul just 13 seconds into the third quarter, um, which really kept him from getting into any kind of rhythm. So when you see that he actually ended up with 18 points, that's pretty impressive given that he didn't really play a ton of minutes tonight um, and, you know, didn't really have a, a long stretch to get into rhythm. Now, admittedly, a lot of those fouls were soft. There's a lot of garbage fouls. Three of those four uh, were offensive fouls. And, you know, you can say what you want, but the referees really kind of kept PG from getting into a groove. The good news is, uh, you know, they didn't need him to do more than that. Uh, the Thunder, however, did some really strange things in this game. Uh, <laughs> they trotted out some very benchy bench lineups. Uh, there was lots of bench guys playing together with no starters on the floor. I think the weirdest one that literally made me stop and scratch my head was to start the fourth quarter. Billy trotted out Felton, uh, Patterson, uh, Burton, Nader, and Noel. Not a lineup we've seen at all this season. Not one I think I thought we would ever see. You know, Nader usually doesn't come in unless I've got a feeling is queued up and ready to play. So to see him actually get some meaningful minutes was surprising. But, you know, he he did decent with him. He only got seven minutes tonight. Uh, but really, the, the spark plug off the bench was Deontay Burton. Uh, Burton played like a wild animal. And especially early on when the Thunder looked sluggish and kind of sleepy. Burton came in and really energized this team. He ended up with eight points, two rebounds, and two blocks in 16 minutes. But the stat uh, that tells you all you need to know, Deontay Burton was a game high plus 22 in 16 minutes. That's unbelievable. Uh, He came in and just made plays. The dude brings energy. His blocks were huge blocks. Uh, You know, he, he made a lot of rookie mistakes. He had a lot of good drives that didn't go in, but this was a night where pretty much everyone on the Thunder had a lot of good drives where they couldn't finish at the rim. So that's not unusual. But what I love seeing from Deontay tonight is he continues to consistently uh, do positive things when he's on the floor. While he is a rookie and he does make rookie mistakes, he doesn't make the kind of mistakes that make you want to bench him, that make you want to send him to the G League. You want to have this guy around. And we have to remember he's still on a two-way contract. So the clock's kind of ticking on how long the Thunder can use Deontay, but I would honestly at this point be shocked if the Thunder don't offer him a rookie deal uh, to keep him a part of this Thunder team because of what he can do and what he's shown you that he can do for this team coming off the bench and providing that boost of energy. I think when you have Hamadou Diallo come back and you have Diallo and Burton, I mean, both of those guys are just providing so much uh, energy and spark coming off the bench, especially for rookies. I think that the Thunder have two of the most electrifying, exciting young prospects, especially ones, you know, that weren't drafted in the lottery this year. I think Presti continues to find kind of diamonds in the rough, and I think Diallo and Deontay are perfect examples of that. Now, all that said, the story of tonight was Russell Westbrook. If you listen to our last big pod, we titled it What the Russ, because Russell had just come off a game against the Denver Nuggets where he was all the bad versions of himself rolled up into one game. 
He took lazy three-pointers. He played lazy defense. He made bad passes. It was everything that Russ haters like to spout off when they're talking about why Russ isn't a good player all came out in the Denver game. And what we talked about on the last podcast was, you know, we hope that that's an experience where, you know, it's kind of rock bottom for Russ. He sees everything that went wrong. You know, it's, it's pretty well documented at this point. He spent a couple hours on the floor in the peak after the game against the Nuggets shooting, getting shots up. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, he did all that before he spoke to reporters. And when he did speak to reporters, you could tell he was pretty upset. Now, I think there's a lot of things going on here. One is Russ is still trying to reintegrate himself uh, after having the, the twins. And I'm speaking as a dad. I know that after we had a kid, I think my brain was mush for about three months. I'm fairly certain that I could barely form coherent sentences. And so in that sense, I kind of get it. Like, you know, it's not going to be easy to be like, okay, cool. We just had twins and a week later, I'm like back to my old self. That just doesn't happen. Babies are exhausting. Uh, the second thing here is, you know, he, he is still coming back from an ankle injury. And while he is playing and he has a lot of that Russell explosiveness, I don't think he's 100% yet. He's been seen limping a little bit. He kind of got rolled up on in the Nuggets game at one point, kind of seemed to hobble real quick, uh, obviously not letting it show a lot. But I think there's a little bit of aggravation going on with that ankle still to where he's not totally 100%, which is kind of preventing him from being, uh, you know, the, the good Russ that we've seen so much this season. But tonight, tonight, he looked like the Russell that we saw at the beginning of the season, doing all the right things, playing smart basketball, filling up the stat sheet, but not dominating the game. He had great court vision. He was finding his teammates. He was doing all the things that you want to see Russell do to help win games, which is exactly what he did tonight. Russell ended the game with a monstrous triple-double stat line, 23 points, 19 rebounds, and 15 assists. He did all of that on 10 of 17 shooting and 2 of 5 from 3. The best part about that last number is that he only took three, or sorry, he only took five three-pointers. That was something we talked about a lot on the last podcast as well. It's when Russ shoots too many threes, the Thunder lose every time. So to see him come out and only take five three-point attempts, that is probably the most encouraging thing that we saw tonight from Russell Westbrook. So that covers the uh, major stats and storylines. Let's transition into Twitter questions. You guys are awesome. Thank you for sending in your questions. We love that you listen. We love that you interact with us. Uh, we're just a bunch of dudes that love hoops, and so we really appreciate you taking the time to interact with us. The first one here tonight comes from at drinking tea. How satisfying are Rockets L's when accompanied accompanied? I can't say that word. Please don't ever ask me a Twitter question with that word again. How satisfying are Rockets L's when accompanied by a Thunder W? Um, you know, I very much want to be the guy that's like, oh, I don't care about the Rockets. You know, the uh, I don't have beef with them. I just care about the Thunder, but that's not true. I love seeing the Rockets lose. They were so smug last year. They've been smug for a long time, but last year they just took it to a whole nother level and then it amplified in this offseason, telling all the Thunder fans how Mello was going to be old Mello. He was going to be Olympic Mello. Russ was the problem. Just blah, blah, blah. I cherish every Rockets loss this season because they deserve it. And so if it happens on the night where the Thunder win, it's even better. It makes me happy. I saw a lot of people on NBA Twitter uh, getting mad about Luka Doncic 
uh, whining about taking contact and whining about foul calls, and to hear that coming from Harden stands, the irony there is just so, so deeply satisfying to me. But enough about the Rockets. The next question comes from at Reed Baloo. He says, does Alex Abrinas play merit a signature celebration? If yes, is the existing celebration good or bad? And what does it mean? Alex has had a rough stretch recently. You know, he was playing really well to start the year. I, I was really high on him. I thought he was evolving into the type of the player that the Thunder always thought he could be. Uh, whatever voodoo, nonsense, witchcraft illness he just got out of has apparently um, struck him back a little bit. He hasn't quite looked like himself. I think it's a similar situation, like I just mentioned with Russell and his ankle, where he's probably not 100% healthy yet. Uh, I do think he'll get back closer to where he was at the start of the year. I hope we can continue to see him be that kind of playmaker, that kind of strong defender. But as far as your question about the celebration, absolutely Alex deserves a celebration. The reason he deserves a celebration is because this team seems to love him. Alex is uh, not your typical NBA player. You look at a guy like Russell Westbrook or Paul George, like those dudes, those dudes just kind of exude coolness. They're your typical NBA player. They've got the style. They've got the swagger. They've got everything. If you created an NBA player on 2K, they'd look a lot like Russ and PG. Alex Abrinas, not so much. He's a little bit goofy. Um, he takes some really corny selfies in the locker rooms after wins. He tweets really corny phrases, but what I love about it is the Thunder embrace it. His teammates love him. He's not ever going to be, uh, you know, the, the Russell Westbrook or Paul, Paul George uh, swagger on the team. But what he brings you is a unique personality. And the Thunder have embraced that. And I think that's where this celebration comes from. You know, he, he does the beard rub. He's got probably one of the weirdest looking beards I've ever seen. I think I saw somebody call him Pork Chop once, and I think that's a very fitting nickname. When it gets long, it's just kind of a weird shape and not really flattering. Uh, but I, I love the celebration. I love seeing Alex do the celebration because that means he just had a great play. I love seeing other guys on the team do the celebration because they're getting behind their guy. They're supporting their team. And I think it's one of the great quirks of this Thunder team. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, everybody has to be cool and your typical NBA player, like let's have a little bit of quirkiness and let's celebrate that. And that's, that's why I love it. Our next Twitter question comes from at Paul George season 13. If you had to trade Russell Westbrook, what would the trade be? Oh my, I hate this question so much. Um, I don't want to trade Russell Westbrook. I think there's a lot of Thunder fans that probably would entertain the idea uh, the challenge with trading a player like Russell Westbrook, anytime you trade a superstar, you're never going to get full value for him. So while there may be other people that you would say, oh, he's comparable to Russell Westbrook, I think he's on the same level as Russell Westbrook, you're never going to be able to land him in a trade. Because what you've seen is teams are willing to take that risk to try and sign him in free agency. We've seen it with Jimmy Butler. We've seen it with Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Paul George. It happens over and over again where these teams are like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to trade for him. We'll wait to get him in free agency. Now, what we've seen in cases like Paul George is obviously that's not always going to happen. Sorry, Magic. Um, but if I had to trade Russell Westbrook, you know, I think I would honestly not trade for a point guard. Because I think what you're going to find is you're not going to be able to get a point guard that's at that same level as Russell Westbrook, that brings the same 
same things to this team that Russell Westbrook does. I think you trade for another superstar caliber player at a different position and go find another point guard. If it's right now, you know, the Thunder have Dennis Schroeder. He can be your starting point guard. I'd love to see the Thunder, uh, you know, trade Russell Westbrook for, God, this is so hard. I can't even make up a hypothetical. Um, You know, (laughs) like, uh, I hate to say it, like a Jimmy Butler. Uh, Somebody like that who can play the two. He can can dominate the ball if he needs to, but he's not the same type of player as Russell Westbrook. And I feel stupid even saying that. Let's just stop talking about Russell Westbrook trade scenarios. Uh, the next Twitter question comes from at m.bop. Deontay Burton, stud or fluke? The answer here, as you might have guessed from earlier in the podcast, is stud. I think this guy's got all the tools from an athleticism perspective to be an NBA player. He holds his own out there. He's this weird freak athlete where he kind of rolls out there and looks like a tank, but he can jump out of the gym like Jeremy Grant, and it doesn't really make sense with my mind why that's possible, but it is. Uh, I think he's shown everything you'd want to see out of a guy that you've signed to a two-way contract and more. He's absolutely earned a spot on this team, and I think the Thunder will reward him by giving it to him. Our last order question comes from our very own at Boomtown RW. Who would win in a fight between a chimp and a kangaroo? There's a lot to consider here. Um, You know, the kangaroo is a masterful boxer. It's got long legs, a good reach, a powerful tail. A lot of people don't know this about kangaroos, but they've actually got some really sharp claws on their feet that you have to account for. But a chimpanzee, like, they're freaky strong. They're kind of like, uh, you know, the, the, the Russell Westbrook of the NBA where they're small, but they're just this kind of, like, freak of nature, muscular being that could probably jump on your back and choke you out. All that said, the kangaroo is my favorite animal, and I can't bet against it. Uh, kangaroo in seven rounds, knockout cold. That wraps up our Twitter questions. Let's wrap up our podcast. Up next for the Thunder, the Atlanta Hawks visit Chesapeake Energy Arena on Friday night. The Hawks are a measly 5-17. and 17. They've lost 11 of their last 13. Much like tonight against the Cavaliers, this should be a game the Thunder should be able to sleepwalk their way to a win. They'll also be donning their City Edition uniforms again, so if nothing else, the Thunder will look sharp. Uh, This will be their last home game before heading out on a three-game road trip where they play at the Pistons, at the Nets, and at the Bulls next week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TheUncontested. Follow me on Twitter at OKCTracker. Like, review, subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Everywhere you get your podcasts, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen, taking the time to interact with us on Twitter, and most importantly, leaving us a review. The reviews mean a lot. Thank you so much. Thunder up. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.